Welcome to Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup. Here's a look at some of our Caribbean headlines for today. Haiti gang frees remaining U.S.-Canadian missionaries. Miss World 2021 postponed hours before finale. Amid COVID-19 outbreak. St. Vincent and the Grenadines government fires unvaccinated teachers. Bermuda reports significant increase in Omicron cases. Late Haitian president had list of corruption ring and Puerto Rican music producer. Eight others killed in Dominican plane crash. These and other stories on today's Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup for Friday, December 17th. We start our report today in Haiti. The St. Kitts Nevis Observer reports that the remaining U.S. hostages who were abducted by a gang in Haiti two months ago were released on Thursday, according to the Ohio-based Christian group for which they work. The missionaries were part of the Christian Aid Ministries, which does charity work in Haiti, when they were abducted by the 400 Mawuzo, the 400 Mawuzo gang, which controls the territory east of the capital of Port-au-Prince, had said that it was seeking a ransom of $1 million for each of the missionaries. The gang's leader, who goes by the nickname Lanmo Zanyu has appeared in an internet video wearing a Spider-Man mask and had said he was willing to kill all the hostages. The total of 17 missionaries, which included some children, were kidnapped. The gang had previously released five of them. Five of the hostages has already been freed in recent weeks, and the final dozen were found by authorities on the mountain called Mornay a Cabrit, said the police spokesman Gary de Rossier. We glorify God for answered prayer. The remaining 12 hostages are free, the organization said in a message on their website. Join us in praising God that all 17 of our loved ones are now safe. Thank you for your fervent prayers throughout the past two months. Most of the aid workers were Americans and one was Canadian. The gang had initially demanded a ransom of $1 million per hostage. It is not clear yet if any ransom money was paid to the kidnappers. The group of missionaries were kidnapped as they drove through Port-au-Prince suburbs after visiting an orphanage. CNN reports that this year's Miss World competition scheduled to take place on Thursday in Puerto Rico was postponed after multiple people linked to the event, including 23 of the 97 contestants, tested positive for COVID-19. In a statement released hours before the pageant was due to start, organizers said that they were rescheduling the televised finale, citing the health and safety interests of contestants, staff, crew, and the general public. At a Puerto Rico Health Department press conference Thursday, epidemiologist Melissa Morzon told reporters that there have been 38 positive cases associated with Miss World, 15 staff and 23 contestants. She confirmed that the pageant organizers, not the island's authorities, made the decision to postpone. The Miss World organization said the finale will be rearranged and held within the next 90 days. Antigua Newsroom reports via CMC News that several teachers in St. Vincent and the Grenadines have been formally dismissed from their jobs for failure to take the COVID-19 vaccine as mandated without medical or religious exemptions, the St. Vincent and Grenadines Teachers Union confirmed on Thursday. 
The union told CMC News that as of Wednesday, 12 teachers had informed the union they had received dismissal letters. Under the government's vaccine mandate, frontline workers, including teachers, would be considered as absent without leave, even if they did show up for work once they were not fully vaccinated. The union's president, Oswald Robinson, said, adding that a number of the teachers had indicated they had not received any salary for December. Salaries were supposed to be paid today, and some people have already checked and know they have not received any for December. The union leader said a program may be implemented to assist those teachers who have not received a December salary. Some teachers had been turning up to work despite their unvaccinated status, and Prime Minister Dr. Ralph Gonzalez had warned they would not be paid. Accordingly, on behalf of the Public Service Commission, I have to inform you that you are deemed to have resigned your office with effect from December 7, 2021, and have ceased to be an officer in accordance with Regulation 31 of the Public Service Commission Regulation, Chapter 10 of the Laws of St. Vincent and Grenadines. The termination letter read. The St. Kitts and Nevis Observer reports that at least 16 of Bermuda's 35 active coronavirus cases are of the Omicron variant, up from two just last week, health officials have confirmed. The news came as 20 people tested positive among the latest batch of 6,762 test results announced Monday night. The active cases are all being monitored by public health officials and none is in the hospital. There were 24 active cases listed in Thursday's previous update. Health officials said 11 of the new cases had come in from overseas. Eight of the remaining nine cases were classed as on-island transmissions and one was listed as under investigation. Of the imported cases, 92% were fully vaccinated people. For on-island cases or those under investigation, 90% were found in fully vaccinated people. A reversal of earlier trends where most were found in unvaccinated people. Further, 12 people have been found to have the Delta variant. There have been nine recoveries since the last Thursday. In all, Bermuda has recorded a total of 5,784 cases of COVID-19 with 106 deaths. Jamaica Information Service reports that the Pan American Health Organization Director, Dr. Carissa Ethian, says coronavirus COVID-19 vaccine supplies across the region are expected to improve in 2022. Speaking at the Pan American Health Organization's COVID-19 digital media briefing on Wednesday, Dr. Ethian, who noted that global vaccine availability has increased in recent months, said arrangements for the provision of additional doses have been reached with AstraZeneca, Johnson & Johnson, Sinopharm and Sinovac. She said that the Pan American Health Organization is also finalizing arrangements with an mRNA vaccine provider. 
The Pan American Health Organization's revolving fund is collecting commitments from member states to procure additional vaccine doses directly from manufacturers. So this offers another procurement option at what we think are more competitive prices to our countries, the director noted. Dr. Etienne pointed out that more than 595 million people in the Americas have received a complete regimen of COVID-19 vaccines. These, she indicated, included doses acquired through the World Health Organization COVID-19 Vaccines Global Access COVAX facility, or bought directly by countries. Dr. Etienne informed that, to date, more than 73 million doses have been distributed across the Americas using the revolving fund and COVAX mechanism. We have seen generous donations from the United States, Spain, Canada, and other countries that, along with COVAX, delivered nearly 20 million additional COVID-19 vaccine doses to the Americas, she said, noting that these donations are set to continue in 2022. Dr. Ethian noted that through these efforts, 32 of the region's 51 countries and territories have already achieved WHO's December 31, 2021 global vaccination coverage target of 40 percent, adding, we believe that many others will reach this goal in the next few weeks. In other related news, the Jamaica Information System also reports that the Pan-American Health Organization member countries are being encouraged to prepare to leverage and deploy new pharmaceuticals being developed to combat the COVID-19 coronavirus. Director Dr. Carissia Ethian noted that several promising new drugs are in the late stage of development that may help us treat COVID-19 and thus avoid hospitalizations and prevent death. Speaking during the Pan-American Health Organization's COVID-19 digital media briefing on Wednesday, the director said that if they are approved by regulatory authorities, we must be ready to leverage these technologies, building on the lessons of the last two years. We urge countries in our region to heed the advice of the World Health Organization, expert committees, scientists, and regulators whose job it is to carefully review the safety and efficacy of drugs and recommend when, where, and how to deploy them, she emphasized. Additionally, Dr. Ethian said that as new treatments gain final approvals, countries and companies must collaborate to ensure that everyone who can benefit has timely access at a price that our states can afford, stressing that we must be ready to deploy these once they become available. Noting that procurement and supply can be major barriers and restrict access to innovations for those needing those most, the director said it is imperative that work to expand regional production capacities begin immediately so countries do not remain completely dependent on pharmaceutical imports. Dr. Ethian contended that while it is encouraging that some companies develop COVID-19 antivirals have pledged to make their products available at affordable prices to the world's poorest countries, we worry that many of those that have been hardest hit by COVID-19, including many in our region, don't qualify for these pledges. She maintained that without additional support, 
many of our countries will be left behind. Pointing out that the Pan American Health Organization is tracking this development closely, Dr. Ethian said the entity is on deck to support countries, international organizations, companies, and partners to find alternative solutions that guarantee access to future COVID-19 therapeutic tools, including antivirals. Merco Press reports that slain Haitian President Jovenel Moise planned to give authorities in the United States a list of politicians and businessmen linked to drug trafficking, it was reported Monday. Moise was shot dead at his residence July 7 in Port-au-Prince by a commando assault group made up of mostly former Colombian elite troops. According to the press report, Moise was working on a list of powerful politicians and businessmen involved in drug trafficking in Haiti. Some of the men arrested for the attack have apparently corroborated that retrieving that list was a priority after the killing. Moise's widow, Martine, who was wounded during the attack, pretended to be dead and said she heard the killer say, this is it, before leaving the house. According to the report, Haiti may have become the largest drug trafficking route to the United States. There are allegedly several drug and armed traffickers on Haiti's parliament, and contraband planes are said to operate frequently from clandestine landing strips. The New York Times also said Haitian policemen were caught red-handed while helping traffickers, while judges are regularly bribed to dismiss cases in a country where it is increasingly difficult to carry out a police investigation. U.S. officials claim that the country's security forces are unable to carry out wiretapping programs in Haiti or even fully collaborate with their Haitian counterparts as corruption in the police and the judiciary runs very deep. At least two of the Haitian suspects involved in the Moise murder were his former informants. St. Martin Island Times reports that aviation executives of the Princess Juliana International Airport operating company have engaged in advanced operational flow management meetings to effectively strategize the high traffic demand for corporate jets parking as part of the general aviation segment. As the workload and complexity are set to increase drastically, spanning the peak period from December 2021 through January 2022, the forecast reveals 100 private aircraft for long-term parking. Meanwhile, as the airport handlers continue to receive an influx of daily flight bookings, the total movements are currently unknown. Proactive planning is essential at this stage, as the upcoming period is likely to to exceed that of 2020. Air traffic services and operations managements are taking every initiative to accommodate the corporate jet traffic to enable us to safely handle the surge in demand in an organized matter. The airport's capacity for private jets is limited, and since the aircraft become larger and larger, we are assessing our challenges and options to increase with the demand. We have set up a new task force to manage the short-term challenges and come up with long-term sustainable solutions for the general aviation business, acknowledged the airport chief, Mr. Brian Mingo. 
HaitiNews.net reports that a small plane attempting to land minutes after being in flight to Florida crashed into Dominican Republic on Wednesday, killing all nine people aboard, including Puerto Rican music producer Jose Angel Hernandez, the aircraft's operating company reported. Heladosa Aviation Group said on its Twitter account that the Gulfstream jet was carrying two crew members and seven passengers. The plane had departed from the El Higuero Airport for Orlando, Florida, shortly before seeking to land at Las Americas International Airport in the Dominican Republic's capital, Santo Domingo, the company said. The company gave no details on why the pilots aborted the flight or possible causes of the crash. Hernandez 38, better known as Flo La Movie, produced several urban Latin songs. Heladosa Aviation said Hernandez was accompanied by relatives and colleagues. The airport shut down operations after the incident, canceling hundreds of flights. And finally, the Sinkitz Nevis Observer reports that Sinkitz Nevis Minister of Tourism Lindsay F.P. Grant has been named Caribbean Tourism Minister of the Year in the Caribbean Journal Annual Caribbean Travel Awards. This award recognizes Minister Grant's impeccable leadership through a turbulent year of managing and driving the return of tourism to the destination. I'm extremely honored to receive this exceptional designation from our esteemed colleagues at Caribbean Journal, who designated these travel awards, said Lindsey Grant, Minister of Tourism, Transportation and Ports. St. Kitts and Nevis have shown how strong and resilient the people of the Caribbean are and continue to be as we navigate these challenging times together. The future is bright in the Federation. We have recently lifted our mandatory arrival testing and vacation-in-place quarantine for international air travelers, and we have opened Port Zante for free-flow exploration. This week is the busiest we have seen for cruise arrivals since the island reopened its borders to international visitors, with 21 ships in port this week. We also expect to have continued growth in our stay-over international air travels looking into 2022. The Caribbean Travel Awards 8th Annual Edition celebrates the people, places, and properties that exemplify the best of the magnificent region. Each year, the Caribbean Journal editorial staff selects these awards based on the destination and success over the past year. This has been your Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup for Friday, December 17th. I'm Keisha Wallace. For more Caribbean news stories and information, be sure to visit us online at pulseofthecaribbean.com and like and follow us on Facebook, now Meta.